0: What's up, Hyper Fascination? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a real estate investor, real estate agent. He's built up a short-term rental portfolio management company, helps people buy and sell those as well. Welcome to the show, Emmanuel Panny. What's up, E? Welcome to the show
1: today. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited as well. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Real estate, short-term rentals, what the market's doing now, how people should react, yeah. all that good stuff. But before we do that, give our listeners and viewers a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so long story short, 12 years ago, came out of college, um, wanted to, got a degree in accounting and finance, wanted to work in Wall Street. That didn't quite happen. Um, moved back in with my mom and my sister, and at the time they were living in a community. Where's
0: here, cause they don't know where we're uh, at.
1: South Florida, Boca Raton. Um, they, they live in a community that did vacation rentals and I just came back from college, was right at the beginning of season. So single
0: Um, family, condos. They're condos, yeah. So it's a 40-unit
1: apartment complex, four units per building. Um, And they were living there. I just went to the office. I'm like, hey, we need this. And he's like, the guy that was there at the time, which then became my boss, is like, who are you? I'm like, I'm and so son. I just came back from college. He's like, oh, do you need a job for season? He's Jewish and he's like, I need somebody to answer their phone on the weekends. When Shabbat happens, I can't work. I was like, sure, I'll just kind of do it. So I started as a maintenance guy. Uh, fast forward 12 years later, we now own that entire apartment complex. Um, it's, I love the story. I think I got very lucky. Um, he just was going through a divorce a year after I started working there, decided to sell the business, so the management business. He was the original real estate developers that bought the entire apartment complex, converted it into, into condos. And so he kept the management as he sold the units. Um, and then had first right of refusal. So when the market crashed, he was buying them back. Um, and so sold us the management business. And then over time, we started buying the apartments. And fast forward 12 years later, last year we bought the last one. Um, and then in the meantime, we created an entire business around it. So I sell exclusively vacation rentals to people that want to buy them. And then we have a management company that manages and actually your house was one of the first houses that we had under management outside of our apartment complex.
0: Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Um, we love that house. We were very sad when you took it away from us.
0: Well, <laughs> put
1: your blast on air. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you. you did a great it. job. Thank you. We appreciate a great job.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but also was, if also it wasn't for that house, we wouldn't be down in Florida. Cause yeah. We accidentally moved into it. During, yeah, during exactly. COVID. Yeah.
1: And I think, and I think that is my favorite part about vacation rentals is how, you know, makes a lot of money for investors. Yes. But if you are somebody that is high net worth individual that makes a lot of money and wants to have a vacation home and not have to pay for it, that is the best avenue for you. Because if you're already thinking about buying a vacation home to enjoy it and then you can rent it when you're not using it and it pays for itself, then you can just buy more vacation homes.
0: Yeah, that's that is that's and that's how we started. Now we own a a few of them down here in Florida and it, it, it led to us moving here. Um, but I, I, I do think it's, it solves the issue. Like if you buy a second home, even if you do three, four months at a time, that's, that's a lot of days that you're not going to yeah, use it. Sure. And you know, unless you're like really, really wealthy, that it hurts to kind of have that. Yeah. me at least like yeah. it hurts to, yeah, leave it to, Whatever. to have it unused. So this at least pays for it or, Depending on how much you use it, cash flows it, you know. And depends on
1: how long you've owned it for. I think right now with the economy kind of kind of shifting, obviously, like if you're buying it now with the rates, the way the rates are, you probably just gonna end up kind of covering it. But if you have had it for some time, or you bought it just when the rates were lower, the cash flow that you can make now will still cover and probably make you a little bit of money at the same time. So,
0: yeah. It all depends on the no, the house next door, our our interest rate now is like two point eight. So that house makes money. It does well. Yeah. Uh, what if, yeah, what, what are you telling clients now or, or maybe not even clients, just people listening, yeah. who want to get into vacation rental because they've yeah. seen it. Uh, but now the rates are like eight, nine yeah. percent on investors. Can they still make it work? So obviously
1: there's a couple of things for you to consider. Right. So the first thing for you to consider is the type of house that you buy. So now that I'm, if I'm advising a client to buy a house now, we're not so much going towards a completely finished product. I would rather than buy something that is a value-add opportunity, so in case the market is going through an adjustment, right. they have carved out some little margins of safety. And then my favorite thing, it's either getting something that has the square footage and is not well well designed. So let's say it's like a 1,900 square foot two-bedroom or a 1,900 square foot three-bedroom. Can we make that into a four-bedroom, two-bathroom, or a four-bedroom, three-bathroom? That way we add value. And then for us, for vacation rentals, it's always head-on beds. So how many people can you mm. sleep in a house because if you have a three-bedroom that sleeps six, or a three-bedroom that sleeps eight, or a four-bedroom to sleeps ten, that's where your extra mind is going to be right. kind of coming in.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, the house we have next door, we did, or the previous owner converted the garage into non- a non-garage. We made it into a bedroom and added a bath. Yeah. So then, like, the typical, that house normally in this area is a three-bed. Mm-hmm. Well, with us, it's a a four that sleeps 10. Right. And we have, we have another one in Fort Lauderdale in Coral Ridge neighborhood that it was renovated prior to us buying it. And they did the same thing that the garage there was converted into the fifth bedroom. So most of the competitors are three or four bedrooms and then ours is five. And you know, you don't really on a vacation rental, you don't need a garage. So That's like something that's kind of easy. Yeah.
1: It's an easy conversion. Definitely. And, Again, you see, it's a great way also for you to see what's around you. Because, again, Mm -hmm. if you're buying as a vacation rental and everybody else has a three-bedroom, if you can make it a four-bedroom, you already have, you know, you want to be as different as possible. So if you're in a neighborhood that has a lot of one and two bedrooms, maybe you want to consider a three- or a four-bedroom. And I've always been taught that you marry the house and you date the race. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah, so heard that one a lot in, lately. In that, in that aspect of it, I think it's kind of like kind of the same thing. So, we, I don't know, you don't know. I don't think anybody knows how long the rates are going to stay where they are now. But if you buy a house that needs love and you can add value to it in terms of like making it more modern, redesigning the space, adding bedroom, adding bathrooms, and you plan on holding it for an extended period of time, in my mind, if you're in an eight to a ten year hold. In real estate in general historically you can't really lose right and then you just buy the house there's a lot of fear in the marketplace so a lot of sellers are going through a rude awakening as to like what they can expect to get for a house so just negotiate aggressively and place embarrassing low offers so if Mm. your first offer doesn't make your stomach kind of sink a little bit yeah and I um, Another mentor of mine said, you know, if you see a man walking around with an elephant, offer him a dollar for the elephant. The worst thing that's gonna happen is gonna say no, Mm -hmm. or even worse, he's gonna say yes, and then you have an elephant for a dollar, and then you have to deal with what it is that you have. And that's kind of like where you should be in the market now, like just be, don't be in a rush to buy anything, make the offers that make sense for you and, and just realize that the party has definitely changed, the music has changed. And it's kind of like in in the buyer's favor right now.
0: It seems like you have to, to make the vacation rentals uh, profitable now. You don't want to go buy something that's turnkey. Like you need to buy something that yeah. you, that you can add value to, either yeah. making it nicer or adding bedroom count. Yeah.
1: Or, or if it is done turnkey, still the same thing, you know, negotiate hard. Because again, right. if the people that bought it, bought it, only looking at 2021, 2020 numbers, they're in for a rude awakening. The season has slowed down a lot. We had a typical September, October in Florida in terms of occupancy that we had pre-COVID because that was COVID wasn't normal in the sense of like, right. we, we got lucky in Florida. Our governor was good. Let a lot of people come through. Kept now open. the show's going to get flagged because you said that. Oh, but oops. It's all right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, was, it was kind <laughs> of the truth, right? People couldn't leave the country. Here, Florida has always been a place that people love love going to. So it's just like, it worked out. But if you only run your numbers on that, you're in for a rude awakening. If you are not saving money when you were riding the gravy train, right. you're in for a rude awakening. So maybe you can find something that is finished. The main advantage of a finished house is, and that is already an Airbnb, is if you can negotiate all the furniture. Mm-hmm. So that is another thing because that, again, like. Furniture is things that people don't really think about, but to furnish a four or five bedroom house, you're looking at 30, 40, 50 yeah, grand based on the finishings. So again, like calculate that in. It's all cash, you can't all It's it. all It's all cash, one, and two, it takes a lot of time. So if you go on like West Elm right now, they're quoting couches six to eight weeks out. Right. So in Florida, especially if you're waiting to get into season, which our season is now, like November through April, if you buy a heavy rehab, you're not going to be able to enjoy this season. So if you wanted to enjoy this season, you will buy something that is up and running that has the furniture that you can literally close and kind of run with as soon as you can. So those are the two kind of
0: avenues. Yeah. And both of those things take longer than they did (laughs) pre-COVID, like the furniture and the rehab. And then the rehab
1: and then occupancy. It's again, just, I would, I would urge people to be pessimistics in under mm. underwriting their numbers just yeah. because I'd rather be pleasantly surprised and disappointed that's just kind of like how I live my life you know what I mean so like I think as investors also it's your responsibility to live in a world that is not all roses and then just because then it's, one is unrealistic and then it's it's, it's gonna hurt
0: you in the long term so you've gone from managing them and you know now owning them you manage for other people yeah. as well, uh, you help people buy and sell too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? How does that feed into the the business, or is that yeah. its own business on its own? Yeah, so it's, its own business
1: both? on its own, but it's vertically integrated. So okay. technically, for us, we we like to say that we're a one-stop shop, okay? And we'll help you through the entire process. We will help you through the finding of the process, and we love clients are from out of state, so we help you run through the process, find the neighborhoods where it's gonna work in, and then if you need rehab schedule you with our our gc that like we have worked with that we know and we just run the entire project for you
0: and then you're, you're also doing education or content right you, you, you yeah so i'm part of the short-term
1: know. rental secret ecosystem so okay. we have a um we have a show that is called the SCR secret podcast there is a whole community i'm an honorary member of that community i don't necessarily coach in there, but I've given a lot back in terms of like sharing the podcast. Um, And to me, the podcast has been mostly like a gift in terms of like the people that I get to meet one, the environment that I get to be in and just being up to date and informed about our industry that has changed dramatically in the last
0: 12 years. Do you think real estate agents, as a whole, or mm-hmm. in general, have a good working knowledge of short- term rentals or or do you think this is an area where there's still opportunities for agents to become experts, yeah. and you know get clients and and yeah. kind of do what you're doing or yeah. or some form of it? So I think
1: agents are definitely have been made aware of the opportunity that are in vacation rentals. I think a lot of agents, which is kind of the tendency with all agents, I've done that in the past as well it's we we want to do everything that is a disservice to us and our clients so a lot of agents were like well yeah i can help you find it and manage it for you because i've rented an airbnb before that is not quite it because especially vacation rentals if you don't have a system or a team around you it becomes a full-time job really quickly and you can do one or two houses on your own but then when you start having four or five houses and you're doing all the guest messaging and doing all the pricing and all the communication it becomes very very time intensive. I think a lot of agents are understanding that there is value in vacation rentals. I think there is a lot of agents that are understanding that it's a viable investment. Cuz when I started 12 years ago and I told people I do vacation rentals before like it's kind of strange, right? What's that? <laughs> exactly, you know what I mean? So I think people are realizing, and I think a lot of agents are um there's been more education in the last couple of years, but mostly for people like like you and our show that just educate people, so definitely. And I would say just find a management company that you know and trust, and focus on creating a relationship that brings the most value to your client versus makes you a little bit more money if you don't have the team and infrastructure around you.
0: Yeah, how should people decide whether they're an agent, investor, Homeowner, how, if they, how should they decide if, if they should, should get a management company or if they should do it yeah. themselves?
1: So one of the things that I like to, to say to people that want to get into vacation rentals that are real estate agents or are landlords is understanding that vacation rentals is a branch of hospitality more than there is a branch of real estate. Right. So if you have that hospitality gene in you and you love service and you love helping people and you love taking care of people, there is a possibility that vacation rentals would be a good fit for you. If you're more on the like, I want to be a slumlord kind of thing (laughs) and like you don't want to spend money on your properties, you may make money in the short term. You're just not gonna last. Yeah, and you're not gonna last in in the long term because the vacation rental space overall, especially if you're using one of the main OTAs, or one of the main travel platforms, so Airbnb or VRBO, um, they're all review-based
0: right
1: so you're not gonna last very long and so either find yourself somebody that would be that person for you if that's something that you want to do as an investor or if you're an agent maybe you like some parts of the business that you can kind of find your way into but just choose your areas of strength because i think overall if you're especially if you're like a new agent you need to first be able to really understand the value and and how to run the numbers on it and just making sure that you're helping your clients make money versus just trying to get a commission.
0: Should people use uh, the main sites like VRBO, Airbnb or develop their own third party site or
1: what's? So I have a good buddy, uh, his name is Mark Simpson uh, and his business is helping people buy and build uh, direct booking sites. And he has a quote that says, don't build your house on somebody else's land. The problem with the OTAs is that they make it easy for you to list it and put it up and everything else. And they have already a marketplace where people come to. So at the beginning, I would definitely say do the OTAs with a strategy on how can you then convert those leads, those guests to your property in the long term, meaning like have a strategy that once the guest gets in, can you get their email? Can you then remarket to them? Can you have things in the house that says, Hey, book directly with us next time and save 10%, 15%, right? Because the OTAs charge on our side and on their side as well. So there right. is definitely a way to do it. But if you're new and you don't know what you don't know about the vacation rental space overall, unless you're always with websites and generating traffic and generating marketing, it's very, very expensive and organically for you to rank versus... Yeah,
0: it's hard.
1: It's, it's almost impossible, like unless you have, you have money and or expertise that drive leads your way. But again, the best way would be to just do it on the, on the platforms, try to find a way to get emails and then just try to find a way to market directly and run them simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But I would go first with the OTAs just for speed.
0: Yeah, we, we built out a third party site on the guesty platform. Like yeah. it's included yeah. and I don't know if we've gotten a lot of people there yet. It's kind of new, but that but one of the first things I noticed is you could actually charge more on that site, but your guest was paying less. Yeah. Because of fees. Right. And and the, the fee I think that the host pays is smaller mm-hmm. and the guest is paying a bigger. And I, I think it added up to like 15% or yeah, like altogether. May, yeah. maybe, yeah, depending on which platform. So you could, you could be five, seven, eight, nine, ten 10% higher, yeah. but then guest is actually paying less. So that yeah. was kind of cool. So It's, all, it, it's <laughs> great from their perspective and also in the perspective of like
1: the avenue that the guest has afterwards obviously right in terms of like cancellation policy and giving the money and collecting money then you have control of all of that so there's a lot of power in it but again you need to know what you're doing and have your systems around it also right and a good
0: contract if you're yeah. going to do it that yeah, way.
1: yeah right. that and also like you're running into the issues of like how you're going to charge people what happens if if there's a chargeback right. or oh, this thing so you have to have system and procedures in place to make sure that your direct guests actually who they say they are that they're booking with their own credit cards and everything else as well so there is you know there is advantages to the otas and obviously again for speed of of listing i will go to an ota but then over time definitely build your own strategy and especially if you have a platform already the people that like know love and trust you that is a good way for you to kind of kind of get started so if you are a seasoned agent that has a nice mailing list and you start deciding to get into vacation rental, those would be the first people that I would send emails to be like, hey, we have a house. You have people coming in the area. Use this link to book.
0: What's been your biggest challenge managing Airbnbs? The team. The team? Yeah, like growing a team and growing a team that
1: has our core values and that understands that hospitality component of it. Um, and retraining all of our vendors as well in terms of, like, how they talk to our guests, um, teaching them that they're guests and no tenants. You know what I mean? And teaching them, like, how quickly I need them to be there and understanding the, like, turnover component. Because, like... the yeah, turnovers
0: can be, like, if you have someone checking out at yeah. 10 and the next person's coming at 4 p.m. Yeah, or-
1: and, and the cleaners, um, a lot of people, like... Being a cleaner is not—it's not—it's not that it's not a rewarding job, but it's not a job that gets a lot of recognition, right? And there are there are people, and like all people, you want to feel appreciated in what you do, right? So, be able to first of all create a culture where your team feels loved and appreciated, and creating a team that is then, because especially with cleaners, if the cleaner doesn't feel loved and appreciated, the house is not going to feel clean right. with love. Right. And so that's a main component of like people having a good experience is how clean does the house feel and do they go the extra mile is what's going to make a difference between a five star review or a four star review. Right. It's not like everything can be clean, but it's like the same thing of the difference between when you go to a motel six or a holiday inn versus the four season, they're both clean. But the level of attention and care to details makes you feel more special at the four season and you want to kind of like try to embody that in your vacation rental business and finding the people especially in florida is is difficult you know and and then just keeping them happy and yeah
0: it's a challenge challenging state for yeah. contractors yeah. Of, of all types
1: yeah. yeah definitely you know and again like really sh- shifting that like the cleaners are the life of your business when it comes to to vacation rentals, and then having the right systems to really make them feel supported, you know, in terms of like helping them provide quality and not just being like, this is your job cleaning, just figure out how to make it good. It's like, no, what can I do to help you guys deliver the best quality product for our guests?
0: Where do you think the industry goes from now? Do you think it gets more competitive? People you know, less people get into it or Mm -hmm. some people that got in at the peak, maybe get out or like where, what what Um, do you think it goes from now?
1: So I think like any industry that is, that is young, um, you're going to get a certain level of what the minimum standard is going to be. And there's going to be more and more professional hosts and operators like us. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be the occasional mom and pop that like have a place of their own that they manage themselves. And that's gonna be a very different experience for the guest as well. Like those are still the experiences that you get that the lady, the owner of the house will come and meet you for the keys and she shows you around the house. It's a very different experience that is very hard to replicate at a large scale. And I think the industry is gonna become more competitive in terms of like the design aspects and what's considered a good listing and the finishing touches in, in a property. So they're like quick, the quick, Property that it doesn't have a lot of care, it's, right. it's quickly gonna start phasing out for highly designed, wall-run, luxury finishings in the things that actually matter. So like the bedroom, the mattresses, the towels and everything else, and just the overall industry, the level of the industry just coming up. And I think eventually just big money is gonna just get in it, just the same way that it has already, right? And there's gonna be more and more management companies like ours that are going to be aiming to just grow and then eventually just sell which i'm already seeing a lot of that happening
0: like bigger companies coming
1: in yeah so like good good Mm -hmm. sops good operations good team good portfolio property that's good in terms of quality and profits and then just package them all in sell them to a larger management company Nationwide management company stay on for 12 to 18 months to help kind of like the transition process and then just washing
0: your hands of it. Which, you know, if that happens, then prices probably get bit up and it's probably harder for yeah. newer people to get in than it was a few years ago.
1: Yeah, like everything else, you know. Yeah. And then again, like I think we're noticing that now a lot of inventory came on the market. And what happens in moments of panic is people that don't have, what I said earlier, like off air would like, you gotta have diamond hands right now. And if you don't have diamond hands and you start dropping your prices, it affects the whole industry right. overall, which is the same thing that happens with agents, right? Like the agent that takes the listing with the 1%, overall, it hurts the industry because then we all have a harder time charging more money because there is the one guy that's not confident, or so the one girl that's not confident in his or her skills, that just wants to do it at a discount. Hmm.
0: I like that. Well, before we wrap up, uh, I always end with a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire, hyper fast Q and A. So this was this was <laughs> the entire time. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor?
1: Hmm. Biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor it's really understanding your, your why and understanding what the why is really driven by and looks like. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people that you're like, what do you want? I want financial freedom, okay, why? So that I spend more time with my family, okay, why, right? And really understanding the motivation behind your why and understanding realistically, because once you get to your core why, then you can reverse engineer how long is it actually going to take? Because maybe you think you need 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month. And then once you really get to it, you're like, Oh, I actually only need 15 to 20 grand a month. So life becomes a lot easier once you have a more narrow idea of what you want to do and then choose what you want to do and then allow time to happen. I think a lot of inspiring real estate investors, they listen to podcasts, they go to meetups, they go to networking events, and they meet you and they're like, I'm an agent. I'm like, I wanna do that. I'm a developer, I wanna do that. And the beauty of real estate is that everything works. The problem with real estate is that everything works. So you gotta choose something and do it long enough for it to actually work. Because if you just keep changing what you wanna do from wholesaler to Airbnb to arbitrage to this and that, you just don't put enough effort into anything to actually see any real results from it.
0: True. What's the biggest mistake you see real estate investors make? Not be ready for the long haul.
1: Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially like I like wholesalers as, as a good example because wholesaling is a lot of like the, we run a real estate meetup and we get a lot of people that come and the newbies want to be wholesalers. And I'm like, great. I'm gonna start a mailing campaign. I'm like, great, how much money do you have? Well, I have $2,000 a month and I wanna to mail to all of these people. I'm like, great, how long can you sustain it for? Because the thing that people don't understand with wholesaling is the systems and how long you're gonna do it for. And people, what's the saying? you underestimate what you can do in a year and you overestimate what you can do in like a month. That, you know what I mean? Like right. You can expect to send a couple mailers out and get people to call you immediately and you just have to be ready for, for the long haul. Like just kind of buckle down, you know, because everything else in
0: life you're willing to
1: work at a nine to five for what, 20, 30, 40 years. It should be the same for this.
0: What do, you, uh, what do you do when you're not working on the business or, or doing real estate? Uh, I love to
1: cook. I love to travel. I love to travel and cook. So for example, I just went to Mexico and I took like a couple of cooking classes, like a Mayan traditional cooking class. And I love experiencing the world through food. I think food is one of the um, original ways that we got to share our cultures. Um, love doing that. Love working out. Love spending time with Tasha, my wife. Um, and that's it really.
0: All right. Last one. Where do you see yourself five years from now?
1: hopefully doing what I'm doing now, at just a bigger, higher level, you know, and, and with more of a team and ecosystem around me that supports me and that I can support them. I think that's, that would make me happy, you know, having like a big family of, of people that work with us and everybody in our ecosystem has gotten bigger and better and richer over, <laughs> over time working with us, you know?
0: All right, if people want to learn more about... Uh, you, your company, yeah. how to connect with you. Yeah, so our company
1: is called Dolce Vita Vacation Rentals. We exclusively focus on South Florida, so Palm Beach County, Broward County. We're not in Miami just as of yet, but if you need somebody, just let us know. Uh, you can find me personally on uh, Instagram at epani.realestate. Uh, you can reach out to me there or at Emmanuel at Dolce Vita Vacation Rentals. And And then our show is STR Secret Podcast. If you're into vacation rentals, we'll teach you everything
0: that you have to know to run one. All right. Thanks for being on the show today. To all of our listeners and viewers out there, thank you for tuning in. Please leave us a review, uh, leave us a comment, all that good stuff, and share this episode with other people that you think would benefit from hearing it or watching it. We'll see you next time.